Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. I'm just stoked it's Friday. I'm stoked it's Friday. Both teams got a win yesterday in their respective matchups. The A's having another close one against the Detroit Tigers. A little closer than I think they expected. But in the end, they got the 8-6 to victory over the Tigers. Um, while the Giants, later on in the day in the afternoon, had the matchup against the Brewers. And that's what I want to talk about today. A little later on in the program, there's just going to be a a segment with miscellaneous sound. Because yesterday, there was a bevy of it, and Joe Buck on Family Feud was the highlight. So that'll be coming up uh, later on in the show. And plus, we got a lot more to get to, including some Warriors talk. So, I do want to kick it off, though, talking about the Giants in their... Uh, in their win yesterday, five to one over the Milwaukee Brewers, and you know these are the types of games where it's interesting for me because you know they're happening in the middle of the afternoon, right around nap time. You know those twelve forty-five lunchtime starts. That's when your boy is on his way home and trying to get a little nap in. But instead, uh, you know, staying up for that game was absolutely worth it. And 12 hours later, I mean, rather, uh, I mean, what, we're going 15 hours later uh, after it was over. Man, the Giants needed that one. It was huge. Now they got the three-game set coming up against the Dodgers this weekend, and you could bet that now that they are tied uh, in, atop the NL West standings, you know that the Dodgers are going to want to come in here at, uh, at Oracle Park and then just try and get that sweep to take away any hope for winning the National League West. So it's going to be a tough series. But I do want to focus on a couple of things from this uh, from this game last night. And you know what? Let's just do that using game. Gabe Kapler as a vessel to set up the topic. First off, do want to talk about Logan Webb and what he did. Here's what Gabe Kapler had to say regarding Logan Webb's performance from yesterday. I think in this recent stretch since he's come off the IL, there have been a number of games that have been particularly impressive, and this one is definitely on that list. And the slider continues to get sharper and sharper, and he's kind of locating his sinker to both sides of the plate, even getting swings and misses with that pitch. And and remember, I think at the beginning of the season, we all saw the changeup as probably his best secondary weapon, but right now I think his slider is rivaling it. I also think he continues to, to push the pace, which is something that we asked him to do. There's more swagger. There's more, more confidence. And you're seeing it in in little moments, like when he fields his position and flips the ball to himself and makes a a very confident throw to first base, or when he comes into the dugout, you see how he's carrying himself, shoulders back, chin up, or even when he walks up to the plate, taking very aggressive swings. So you're seeing the the confidence kind of manifest itself in in various forms. And and I think just a lot of that has to do with his growth, maturity, development, and and recent success. And and there's just nothing, you can't say enough good things about what Logan Webb has been doing doing uh, as of late and he's totally right with the confidence you could just see it on the mound 
You know, when they're when they were supposed to go up against Max Scherzer, and I was going to talk about the way that he's confident on the mound. But when you see these guys and they're in a role and they're they're at that point where they feel like they're just dominating the opposition, where nobody can get a hit off of them. Sure, they had those moments uh, in the fourth inning, and luckily, due to a, a Christian Yelich base running error, although I, I I don't know if I'd necessarily call that one an error. There were runners on first and second. You know, there's a, a, a line drive to center field. Mauricio Dubon uh, playing center field, who was recently called up from the uh, from the Rivercats in AAA because Wilmer Flores ended up getting put on the 10-day IL, which is an unfortunate injury. Injury. You're going to need his bat at some point uh, during this month of September to give you that insurance home run that he's so good at giving. But in the fourth inning, Mauricio Dubon uh, in center field ended up looking like he was going to try and throw the runner out at home. The runner at second being Luis Urias and Christian Yelich being on first. Christian Yelich tried running from first to third, thinking Dubon was going to throw it home so he could get a head start at getting to third base, give you an extra base runner. But instead, Dubon throws to third, gets Yelich caught in the pickle, and they just give up the run. And I like that sacrifice by Dubon. Huge play by Dubon uh, to keep them in it. But look... Logan Webb was fantastic yesterday, striking out 10, and I'm not sure what the numbers are for the rest of the league, but if I had to guess, there there can't be many other starting pitchers who are as good as inducing the ground ball as Logan Webb is. He's got so much movement on his pitches. You know, his fastball averages around 94, 95 miles an hour with movement. He's got that slider, which is just so nasty. He gets guys to chase all the time. And then he also has a two-seamer as well that goes the opposite way. It's tough to pitch against those guys, man, or to hit against those guys, especially when they're rolling uh, the way that they're rolling. And if there's any indication now... Look, if you've had any questions about who should start the wild card game, if the Giants do make a wild card game, if you are in a one game playoff and you had to choose one pitcher to get you a W, it'd be Logan Webb. There is no doubt. Chris Mad Dog Russo of MLB Network and um, you know High Heat and Sirius XM, all those different things. You know Chris Mad Dog Russo, big baseball guy. He said straight up. They're starting Logan Webb. I don't want to see Gosman on the mound. It's not Gosman's games to lose. It's going to be Webb, if anybody. And it's a lot of pressure to put on a young pitcher, if you really think about it, because I was saying yesterday that, you know, playoff baseball is totally different. The mindset is totally different. But these were as big of stakes uh, as you're going to face here, especially with your season on the line. I think Logan Webb knew that going into this game, if they got swept four games in a row by the Brewers, then there really wouldn't be much um, going into the Dodgers series one and a half games back in the National League West. He didn't want to chase. So the fact that he performed the way that he did, only giving up four hits and striking out ten, going seven strong innings in what... You know, you could all, every game is going to count as the biggest game of the year going forward, but you could count that as the biggest game of the year. They needed that win yesterday, but then, you know, this three game set against the Dodgers, it's going to be even bigger, and you're going to need your other starters uh, uh, to go here and, you know, actually perform and do something. So it's, it's, it's incumbent on them uh, to get it going here, besides Logan Webb, but. That's what I took away from yesterday. There's no doubt, 100%, if you're in a wild card game, Logan Webb is getting that spot. But as I continue and we go through what Gabe Kapler had to say, I do want to just mention this part of the game because this was something that in this entire series that we just haven't seen, and it's crisp play from the defense. I thought it was crisp, and, and I thought we played the kind of defense that, that we've been playing for most of the year. And I had mentioned pregame that for the last couple of weeks it hasn't been quite as crisp and sharp. Today, even you know leading up to last part of the game where the game was kind of hanging in the balance, I, I had noticed and, and mentioned that we did play a clean game and a crisp game. And um, I think for that reason, we, we had the opportunity to have a big end. And in the ninth inning, um, there are a couple of there are a couple instances there where there could have been some base hits, but Tyro Estrada and Mauricio Dubon 
making some big plays in the outfield in order to get him out of it. Uh, Tyro Estrada especially, getting Willie Adamas out, even though uh, Colton Wong was on base. That was huge. And uh, Mauricio Dubon doing the same thing when Luis Urias uh, lined out to him. So it was a big final inning for the defense, but that's what you need right there. That's what has made the Giants successful this season. It's been good starting pitching. Pitching that, you know, hasn't given up many hits, hasn't given the other lineup that many opportunities to get on base. The defense was played well, not giving them extra outs to work with. Uh, The bullpen, they did their job with Tyler Rogers and Jake McGee. And I think in a perfect world, you know, that's what you'd want. In a perfect Giants playoff world, you'd want your starter going seven strong, and then you bring in Tyler Rogers in the eighth to set it up, then Jake McGee to knock it down in the ninth and get the save. Like, that's what you would want. Where, on the other hand, I will say this the Giants, uh, the Giants starting lineups against the, uh, the, against the starter, not been too great in this past series. Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Uh, both dominated them. Brett Anderson was only in for a couple of innings, but then Hunter Strickland came in and you know just settled down the, ne- uh, the in the uh, next couple of innings. So the first four, there was nothing really going on. Then yesterday, Eric Lauer of the Milwaukee Brewers, he gave up three hits and went seven strong also, but the lineup was luckily able uh, to pick up in the eighth inning when Devin Williams came in and... That's where the biggest surprise was to me. Because Devin Williams, Rookie of the Year, he is a damn good pitcher. He has that uh, fastball-changeup combination, or rather I should say changeup-fastball combination because he uses that changeup so much. He calls it the airbender. It's one of the nastiest pitches in the league. And luckily, uh, Tyro Estrada was able to turn around on one and knock uh, knock out a three-run homer. But... I thought that the at-bats early on um, after he gave up the two quick outs to uh, to uh, Austin Slater and Lamont Wade, I thought that walk from Chris Bryant was huge. And then that stolen base where they challenged it and they ended up calling him safe over at second, it clearly rattled Devin Williams because Brandon Belt was able to get on as well. Then Darren Ruff ended up getting the double. Here's what Gabe Kapler had to say about that entire sequence before Estrada's home run. Yeah, no, it was big, and, and part of that is is just coming from all of our understanding players and the coaches that, you know, sometimes you need to figure out a way to, to manufacture a run. Now, I'm not sure that it would have mattered on Ruffy's double. Maybe it would have. Um, you know, maybe it would have been a play at the play. We don't know, but, but sometimes... I think you have to push the envelope just a little bit. And um, KB was ready for it. And, and uh, you know, obviously it's a very close play. It's a game of inches, and it turned out well in our favor. So, uh, you know, we'll keep trying to to push the envelope when uh, the moment is, is right. It's not always going to work out that way, but it did today. And speaking of which, speaking of home runs and them trying to manufacture runs, the home run's been the way that they've been able to do it. And when Austin Slater got that leadoff home run to start off the game, he is now the 10th Giant with double-digit home runs this season. That's the most in team history for a single season. 10 players with double-digit home runs. We talked about that last week um, uh, when Evan Longoria got his, and he ended up getting put into the double digits, and that put the Giants at 9. Now Austin Slater getting his, puts him at 10. The only other teams with nine guys who had double-digit homers were in 2000, 1987, 1958, and 1952. So, um, you know, despite that conversation of whether this season's a disappointment or ends in a disappointment, if you make it to the wild card game and lose, like even, you know, looking at that conversation, sure, you won't look at that season as a success. However, I do think the one thing that you will look back on, if anything, is damn, this team was good at hitting home runs when no one expected them to. Like, that number's shocking to me. A 10th Giant with 10 or more home runs. I didn't expect 10 Giants to have double-digit home runs. I, I don't even know what I expected. Maybe maybe four or five, you know? Maybe half of that before the season started. The fact that they doubled my expectation, pretty wild. Pretty wild to look back on. All right, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Coming up next, it's just going to be a random sound segment. 
You know, it's fun. It's a Friday. And, you know, we had the A's and the Giants win. We had a little college football yesterday. But there was some sound that I stumbled upon that I wanted you to hear because there were a couple of cool things that happened in sports yesterday. But none of it tops Joe Buck in Family Feud ruining the game for his family. I'll get to all that next. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for joining 95.7 The Game this morning. Opening it up your Friday. And we will get back and do some baseball talk because uh, MLB.com did rank the toughest schedules for the remainder of the season. And I do want to know that at the end of this series uh, with the Giants and the Dodgers, this is the biggest series of the season so far. Um, Because at this point, it could make or break you. But I do wonder, if you get swept by the Dodgers, if you're a Giants fan, you get swept by the Dodgers after this weekend, and you're down by three games, how would you be feeling about the National League West? Is it gone? Is it over? Or do you think they still have a chance for the remainder of the season? We will get into all of that and circle back around to uh, just the keys that they need for the rest of the season to actually you know, sustain what they've been doing. But... I do want to just play some sound in this segment. I want to get to a lot of random sound because, man, there was so much that happened yesterday. And let's, I mean, which one do we want to start with? Do we want to start with what happened in the Kansas City Royals game against Cleveland? Do we want to touch with that? Do we want to go with uh, Brooks Kepka in a butterfly flying, uh, going around his golf ball? Do we want to start off with Joe Buck and what happened on Family Feud? No, we'll save that one for last. You know what we're going to do? We'll play this one for you. This is courtesy of the Kansas City Sports Network here. Man, this Royals game, I I don't even know what happened. I didn't watch any of it, but I saw this play and had to get it to you. Listen to this sound and listen to what this guy does. See if you can make out the play by listening to what the play-by-play guy says. Oh, off of Stamont's foot. Can Santana get an out? Yes! That'll impress a suite full of women who will be playing for Kansas City's professional soccer team. (laughs) The The reason being, this dude hits it off of his heel and it kicks up in the air about 40 feet, somehow manages to land right next to first base. Now, the first baseman couldn't stand on first base or keep a foot on first base, so he had to come off it a little bit, but he caught the ball in midair and managed to tag the runner out at first. But, look, when I saw that play, there's nothing more impressive to me than when just something random happens with it with an infielder or a pitcher where they just don't know what to do. Like I don't even remember who did this, but this was so this was so long ago. But he just caught it in the net of his glove, and the ball wouldn't come out. 
So eventually he just ran over with his glove and tossed it to the first baseman to get the out? No, I'm not thinking of Angels in the outfield when that happened to the shortstop and he literally chucked <laughs> chucked his glove all the way from the shortstop position. I'm not talking about that. But in this time, I haven't seen that in a while where the ball just kicks off of his heel, goes 40 feet up in the air, and he still manages to get the runner out at first. Talk about dumb luck. All right, the next one that I do want to play. I mean, would you really expect that this is a play-by-play call from Mike Tirico from a golf tournament? Long look here with a butterfly chasing. Chasing in. Go get it, butterfly. Yeah. Woo-hoo. We're flying now. I love that. So Brooks Kepka was going for some sort of birdie. I don't even know what hole it was on, but uh, courtesy of NBC, by the way. And this is the Tour Championship, so it is a big deal. But Brooks Kepka was going for a long birdie putt, and this butterfly was hovering around the golf ball as if he's telling it what to do. And you know what? I need that. I need that on the golf course, man. Can somebody get me a butterfly that's going to tell the golf ball what to do? Because I saw that yesterday, and I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, there, there's been those moments where, you know, animals get involved in sports in some sort of fashion, but it actually looked like the butterfly was pushing the golf ball into the cup. Long look here with a butterfly chasing. Chasing in. Go get it, butterfly. Yeah. Woo-hoo. We're flying now. I love that. Patrick Cantley currently leading the board while John Rahm is at second. Uh, Patrick Cantley at 13 under while John Rahm is at 11 under. Harris English at 8 under along with Bryson DeChambeau who's at 8 under. So uh, quite a few well-known names. But one other well-known name is Joe Buck. Play-by-play man. And I've been playing a couple of play-by-play calls for you because they're actually happening in sports. And I hope this sound translates to the air. I hope that we could get uh, uh, some sort of clarity with this. But let me just give you a little backstory. They're on the final answer. It's the Buck family going up against the Hudson family. And Joe Buck is at the main desk over with Family Feud, if you know how that works, with both families on each side, and there's going to be one guy on the main desk who's going to be making that final answer. So Joe Buck tries to start things out. They got one more guess left because on the panel, it was things that or people who are people in your life who are smarter than you. And there were four different options that they could uh, that they could answer. They answered the first three out of four. They had one more guess left in order to get the correct response. And Joe Buck is the one who's announcing that answer. And he makes a little wisecrack joke at first because he doesn't feel like the family can get the answer. But just listen to the outcome here with Joe Buck. Man, you know what? I don't know how embarrassing this is. This sounds a little long. This is about a minute and a half. So bear with me. But just listen to Joe Buck epically fail here on Family Feud. We have one answer left and one answer only. If it's there, your family steals, your family wins the game. Oh, my God. That's it. If it's not there, the Hudson family will win the game. Joe? I'd like to congratulate the Hudson family. (laughs) (laughs) And from the bottom of my heart, I could not be more proud of all five of you. You just met, you came in here, and you kicked our asses, okay? We're going to go with uh, best friend. Woman in your life who's smarter than you, this is your best friend.
I don't know. I don't know which is my favorite part. Because, you know, Joe Buck, he's got to be the funny guy. He's got a he's got a good dry sense of humor. I actually really like uh, I really like Joe Buck. I'm a fan. I don't know about you. I know he's a very polarizing type of figure, but I actually really like Joe Buck. So, he was going in for the joke, you know, the self-deprecating, "Oh, our family's going to lose." And then he just butts in by just saying best friend without even consulting any of his family when they clearly knew the right answer. And I I don't know which was my favorite part. I don't know if it was his family's reaction as soon as he just makes the joke and then just blurts out some answer that they didn't even discuss. I I don't know if it was that part. I don't know if it was after when Steve Harvey realized, like, hey, the family had the right answer. Or whether it's just Joe Buck and how regretful he is that he didn't actually listen to the family members and he just went rogue by saying best friend at the end. Or it was just the fact that he had to crack the joke. But he cracked the joke, and as soon as he did it, he just went right with the answer. <laughs> We're going to go with uh, best friend. What? Woman in your life who's smarter than you, this is your best friend. <laughs> the thing is, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it's like to be on Family Feud. I don't know what it's like to have been in that sort of situation. But if I had to guess, you know, especially if you're in these uh, in these games where you you're relying on teammates. I don't know what it's like afterward, you know, in the Buck household when uh, when they finally, you know, sit at the dinner table or they're driving on their way home and they actually talk about it. But the one thing I can't wait for is uh, is Joe Buck to try and explain himself in some sort of podcast or broadcast. And I promise you we will have the follow up to that. But that had to have been. And I've seen, you know, quite a few of those Family Feud videos. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really watched a TV show live. I just like to watch the reaction. You know, you type in Family Feud, bad answers, and you just see Steve Harvey's face and his reaction to it. It's fun to go down that little YouTube rabbit hole every now and then for 10 or 15 minutes. But that one was just as epic of a fail as I've heard in a very long time when Joe Buck just doesn't even listen to the family. (laughs) It just (laughs) blurts out an answer. Oh, man. I had to play that for you. All right. 888-957-9570. I'm going to play the end uh, on the way out as we go to break. But I want you to weigh in on the text line or on the phone number at 888-957-9570. If you're a Giants fan and you're going into this series against this Do- against the Dodgers, a three-game set against this Dodgers team, the fact that you're tied with them in the standings, if they get swept... What's your confidence level going to be that the Giants can still win the National League West? Are you paying attention to the wild card at that point? What's going to be your reaction if they end up getting swept at home? 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. I just got to play this on the way out. Joe Buck, family feud. (laughs) Brutal on 95.7 The Game. (laughs) We're going to go with uh, best friend. Woman in your life who's smarter than you, this is your best friend. Uh. All right, what is it? Boss. Boss. It's boss. We were going to say boss. We were going to say boss. He, oh, he went against it. Uh-huh. Joe, please don't be up hope, there. Oh, Joe. God, please don't be up there. Four. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Anybody listen to the new Drake yet? I know it's only been out since midnight East Coast time from last night, so technically 9 p.m. over here. 
So I know it's been out for a few hours and it's only 5.38 in the morning. Are you in Are you in? or are you out on Drake? This is going to be a two-parter for the text line and the phone number. And I'm giving you an option as to what you want to text in or hit the phone number with. I'm giving you two options and they're two completely different things. This is going to primarily be a baseball segment. I do have some updates uh, from the Warriors because reports did surface yesterday uh, regarding trade talks on Ben Simmons that I do want to get to later on in the show. So this will primarily be sports but at the text line or the phone number, there are two options that I want you to weigh in with. Number one, with the Giants going into this series against the Dodgers, They're tied right now at the top of the National League West standings. As a matter of fact, they got a 634 winning percentage each, which is the first time that this has happened since... Oh, gosh, let me pull it up. I was going through my notes. This is the second season ever, here we go, that the Dodgers and Giants, this is from Sarah Langs uh, on S. Langs on Sports of the MLB Network. Sarah Langs does a terrific job in putting uh, stats and, you know, putting them in uh, certain ways that are easily digestible and they're fun to talk about. She's almost like the stat muse of the uh, of Major League Baseball, stat muse from the NBA. But this is what she uh, tweeted out yesterday. The Giants and the Dodgers, they both have a 634 winning percentage. This is just the second season ever that the Dodgers and Giants will meet 130 games plus into the season, each with a winning percentage of over 630. The other time that that happened was in 1962 when they both met on September 3rd. And it was a season that ended with a tiebreaker series between these teams, September 3rd of 1962. So, man, it's been a while since the Giants and Dodgers not only um, have been this good, but it's the first time that we've really seen these uh, these two teams here specifically be this good in the regular season. But not since 1962 has this rivalry gone like this. So... I do ask you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. How good are you going to be feeling if the Giants do get swept? Like, what's your breaking point this weekend? Is it just look, get me one win, I'll be satisfied. You know, if we're just if we're one game back, or if we're just one game back, then I'm okay with that. Just get me one win, or is it um, you know I need to go two and one this weekend? I need to go 2-1. and one. I need to be a game up on the Dodgers. Or are you optimistic? Are you optimistic and just saying, look, if we get swept, it's not the end of the world. This is a marathon, not a sprint. I think the Giants can pick it up toward, this, toward the end of this month of September. And I think that they can overcome that and win the National League West. Where are you at? 888-957-9570. That's a text line or the phone number. Plus... Drake, you in or you out? <laughs> That's all you got to do is text in in or out at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero when it comes to Drake because you know Kanye came out with Donda earlier this week uh, and or excuse me last week on the Sunday and that was the most talked about album that I've seen in a while even though. King's Disease 2 by Nas should be getting way more recognition than it's getting right now. That's one of the best albums that I've heard this year. But Drake is another one of those guys who is a polarizing figure among the hip-hop community uh, just because of who he is, the type of guy that he is. You know, it's Drake. <laughs> what more do I need to say? So 888-957-9570, please text in at the phone line or in the text line. However... I do want to talk about the Giants here because yesterday's win against the Brewers, it was just so huge. And something that I've noticed these past few games is the confidence level. The fact that this year, for the entirety of the season, that's another aspect of this team that really we haven't talked about too much. But we have not been looking at the body language enough. The body language was something, you know, in ever really since, I'd, I'd say, 2018. I'd even go back to 2018 in these uh, situations. Um, in 2018, the Giants, not great. 2019, 
even worse. 2020, the bats picked it up a little bit, but their pitching wasn't able to do anything. But one thing that was a common denominator among all of those seasons was the body language. It was the way that they looked whenever they were down big and they'd strike out in big situations, possibly have a big at-bat coming up, and, you know, they just pop out into the infield or something or other. You know, we, we, we've seen that all the time. That's when players get the most frustrated, really, is when they pop out. But we saw the body language there and how it looked any time that they were down. And it just... As as a fan, as a as a guy who's just watching every single game, it, that doesn't instill any confidence in the fan base if their team is not looking confident in themselves. And that's what it's looked like these past few games. Because the lineup still, um, you know, Tyro Estrada with that three-run homer, he... Uh, he inflated that score, the look of it, because a 5-1 win, you'd think, oh, wow, the Giants uh, absolutely dominated them last night well, or yesterday, but not really. They just didn't do it till the eighth inning. But look, it's huge with this game, getting avoiding that sweep, avoiding that four-game sweep and what it did for their confidence. And Gabe Kapler spoke about that yesterday. No, I think there's a much-needed victory for us, obviously. It's a good boost of, of confidence going into the next series, but obviously, you know, all of our attention and focus uh, was on today's game, and that was important because we needed every bit of every ounce of, of mental energy. We actually took swings and had good at-bats throughout today's game, and uh, obviously we weren't getting rewarded for many of them. I thought Ruffy hit one on the barrel. Estrada was getting the ball in the air. Devon hit that um, clean line drive to right field, and, and really not a whole lot of love. And so uh, finally we were able to come up with the the big hit from Estrada, and obviously uh, Webb, Rod, and Gee, all, uh, all pitch great. It was huge. It was huge. And the role players coming through again. Because I, I will say that uh, uh, some sort of, there is a concern level, I think, with the way that Brandon Crawford's been batting as of late. Buster Posey wasn't in the game yesterday. Kurt Casale ended up getting the start, but he went over as well. But your MVPs in Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey have not been hitting all too great uh, in these past few games, the past week or so. Now, their averages still look good, but at some point, they're going to have to pick things up in the lineup, especially off of the starting pitching. They, they have not been good against the starters. It's been that type of lineup where they don't even get to the starter. They just get to the relievers whenever they come in. And even against the Brewers in that Game 3 of the series, they couldn't do that. But um, I will say that the confidence level is important going into this weekend. They needed that victory yesterday, and Logan Webb was the guy to give them that boost. But man, this strength of schedule, I'm not going to lie, it worried me a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to look at it with the glass half full, because if the Giants do get swept by the Dodgers, I really don't think that all hope is lost, because you know if you're talking pessimistically about them going into the season, then all of a sudden they go on a winning streak, then you could be told later on at the end of the month if they're atop the NL West, see, you didn't have any confidence in this team before. And, you know, there there is something to that, I think, so I'm not going to lose all of it. But I will say that looking at the strength of schedule for the rest of these teams down the stretch, um, first off, this was what uh, this is the article that MLB.com posted, and they used fan graphs, and fan graphs used some sort of algorithm to, to um, calculate the remaining strength of schedule for each team. It, they combined the opponent's average win percentage along with an adjustment for home and road games. So um, it's very well thought out. And the strength of schedule at this point in the season, you know, I don't know how I feel about strength of schedule talk with football because week to week it feels like that league is changing and you rarely know what teams are until maybe, you know... It, when you're in the double-digit weeks, when you're in week 10, week 11, that's when you actually know what teams are. Um, but with baseball, at this point, you're in September, it's a pattern, and you know who these teams are. So for the strength of the schedule, number one on this list, the Padres. The Padres have the toughest strength of schedule so far, and they're fighting for a wild-card spot along with the Reds, the Phillies, and um, um, the Mets are up there as well, but the Mets don't really have much of a chance. Number two, the Cardinals. They have the second toughest strength of schedule. Number three is the Rays, who far and away have, have just taken the AL East by storm. But number four is the Giants. 
Number four is the Giants, and that proves to me that with this se- this this series, it needs to be either two and one or a sweep. Like that's what I need in order to feel good going into next week. What do you need at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero at the text line or the phone number? What do you need going into Monday? Or excuse me, I mean we're going to be coming back on Tuesday because I keep forgetting uh, it's Labor Day and I'm not going to be around then, but. When we come back on Tuesday, you know, how do you need to feel after this series or what needs to happen in this series for you to feel good about the season when we're here on Tuesday? What needs to happen in this series? Does it need to be, oh, you need to win this one. You need to be 2-1 and one, or you need to be 3-0. and oh. You need to sweep them. Or are you even feeling confident if they get swept by the Dodgers, or they just get one win. How are you feeling at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero? That's the text line and the phone number from the five one zero. It'll hurt if we get swept, but it's not the end of the world. We got Longo, Listella, Donnie Barrels. We got some hope. Plus, we're headed to Chicago next week. So, next, where is it? Oh man, I'm trying to follow along here. Plus, we're headed to Chicago next week, so maybe get some mojo on us to build some momentum. But come on, Steve, give us some positive energy, baby. Long weekend. Let's go. That's from JP in five one uh, in the five one zero from the stack. So shout out to you, JP, over there in Hayward. Love you, man. I know you've been listening for quite a while. Uh, look, I, if I had to choose one, I think that with this series, you need to go two and one, or you need to get the sweep in order for me to feel good about where this Giants team is at coming in on Tuesday. Because you do mention that they're on the way to Chicago, but man. That three-game set against the Rockies can't go overlooked. The Rockies are one of the best teams at home. I think they're tied atop the standings with the best teams uh, with the home record. You wouldn't expect that from the Colorado Rockies at all, seeing where they're at in the standings, but they are very, very good. They're 43-23 and 23 at home. Put that into perspective, the Giants are 43-22 and 22 at home. Well, Colorado's 18-50 on the road. My goodness, that's terrible. But that three-game set can't go unnoticed, so that's why I do wonder, like, how are you going to be feeling after this series? Because, man, this was just so big for the morale. You know, if if they are going to prove at all, if this Giants team is going to prove that they're going to be a postseason threat, if if you want to give your fan base, if you want to instill any of that confidence— in the fan base that they could do something in the postseason because I do think there is some of that. Uh, I do think there's some of that with amongst Giants fans. I do think there's some of that. Look, this has just been regular season magic. I don't see them doing much in the postseason, it, it, you know, and and they're just not expecting the Giants to go anywhere. I'm sure there's some of them. There, uh, uh, sure, I'm sure there's some of that because it took forever to get fans to be believers of this Giants team in the regular season in the first place and really you look at those uh, that series against the Dodgers where Kenley Jansen blew uh, two straight saves in two straight games that's when a lot of fans started paying attention but this is the one where you got to bring it to the next level for the fans and make them understand hey we're a playoff team and we can contend in the postseason. That's what this series is going to prove to me. Because what they've shown in these past four games against the Brewers hasn't instilled as much hope as you'd want. Because you are going up against Corbin Burns and Brandon Wolf- Woodruff. And granted, I mean, no teams have hit well against those guys. Those guys have just been dominant all year. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how Brandon Woodruff has one more win than he has with losses. I believe he's he was eight and seven on the season going into that game with a two point eight three ERA. So you know that he's been dealing. He just hasn't been uh, getting lucky with the win loss record, but. What they did against the starters throughout this series, take Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff out of it. I mean, Brett Anderson, he had to leave the game after a couple of innings, but Hunter Strickland was the guy who came in for two straight and just shut the Giants down, didn't let them do anything when they should have capitalized on that opportunity because that did not go as planned. I guarantee you that the Brewers didn't plan to bring in Hunter Strickland in the, in the third inning. But then Eric Lauer yesterday with another unbelievable start, and he went seven strong, only giving up three hits and striking out four, and somehow the Giants were able to capitalize on Devin Williams, who wasn't able to locate that airbender changeup pitch that he has. So this series, it hasn't instilled much, at least from the lineup. 
because that game was won in the eighth and the ninth inning. But for me, my goodness, do you hear what? Do you hear them back there? Is that again? Is that is that them again? Unreal. <laughs> no, I don't really care. But I do. Uh, they're fired up. I can tell back there. But for me. It's this series and what they're going to do against the Dodgers, in the, against the starting pitching, and that's what I want to pay attention to, how early they can score. From, where is it? The 608, out on Drake since the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals. Also from the 925, out to Cordy. <laughs> from the 415, in the words of KD, I don't care about no damn Drake night. I don't give a damn about no damn Drake night. I mean, Drake coming out with the album, you know, I'm not that interested in it, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just he's come out with so much. He has such a wide catalog that there's not going to be anything new. It's just going to be him boasting about himself, which is what Drake does, which is what a lot of rappers do. But he hasn't really branched out. And that's kind of why, you know, I was in on Drake for a little while. But after, you know, him not being able to really diversify his portfolio, so to speak, I, I, I don't know. I've kind of been out on him. I just want to play one more thing for you from Gabe Kaplan before I do transition uh, to a little bit of Warrior Talk to close out the show. But here's what Gabe Kapler had to say uh, regarding the, the starting rotation going into this weekend. I don't anticipate a rotation per se. I think we're going to look at each game and, and see what the best way to win those are. We're going to have some discussions right now. I had mentioned pregame and in the days that, that led up to today that it was probably going to be dependent on how we used our bullpen. And, and I think it's fair for, for you now to be thinking about that. But usually these discussions are going to kind of play out now for the next few hours and potentially into tonight. And we'll make you a, the best decision for the Giants. So there you go. There you go. All right. I do want to talk about the Warriors here, and then we'll close the show out uh, with that Joe Buck sound. But just a quick update, because, you know, I'm a news reporter. <laughs> Not really. However... I do think that if you haven't heard this yet, if you've been wondering uh, what's going on with Ben Simmons and all that talk, well, Anthony Slater of The Athletic reported that, according to his sources, the Warriors have not initiated any sort of trade calls involving any of their young players, including James Wiseman and Jonathan Jonathan Kaminga, and have no plans to do so in the near future. So, those were you. If you were going to trade for Ben Simmons, you'd have to throw in the young guys as trade assets in order to, uh, you know, work out the money and all that stuff. But here's where I'm at. There's two thing. There are two things that stuck out to me with all this Ben Simmons stuff because really, I. But personally, I do think he can really help the Warriors. I do. I, I think a lot of people uh, give him some unfair criticism because. They don't watch during the regular season and only watch on national TV during the playoffs. But when Joel Embiid was hurt, when the MVP or an MVP front runner was hurt, I mean, think about it. Steph Curry was hurt in that at what for ten games of the season, and they were barely able to squeak two wins out of that. When Joel Embiid was hurt, an MVP uh, an MVP front runner with the Sixers. Ben Simmons was the guy who was carrying the load and kept them atop the Eastern Conference. Like, who do you think did that? Ben Simmons is a very, very good player. He really is. However, I do think the money played into it because we didn't really take the luxury tax too much into account because me, I'm just doing my radio host math and radio host math doesn't always work. I'm just thinking, yeah, if you do this and this and this with the contracts, which I thought did add up, but I'm sure there's something that involves a luxury tax and payment that they wouldn't be able to do. That's number one. Number two, if they wanted to trade for Ben Simmons and they being Steph Curry, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, they would have got it done. Because I do believe that they consult with their players about uh, these big types of moves. So in my opinion, maybe not Clay. Clay's, you know, he, he's he's out on the ocean on the boat doing IG lives, and I like that he's really uh, leaned into that as a, as being that guy. But what that tells me is Steph, Dre, maybe even Clay. Who knows? And maybe some other guys on the team too who might have a say in it. Uh, they don't want to get rid of these younger players. They don't want to get rid of these younger players. They want to. Uh, they don't want Ben Simmons on this team. Like that's really what it comes down to, in my opinion. When I saw that, all right. I do want to close out the show with something funny because I did play this in the second segment. But Joe Buck was on Family Feud, 
and they were down to their final answer. They had one more guess, and they had one more answer on the panel. And, the, and on the panel, the question was, a woman in your life who is smarter than you? And, you know, they came up with three answers already. They had one more answer to get. Listen to Joe Buck here. This is from last night's Family Feud. Joe Buck tries to make a, a funny little joke, make everyone laugh, but then he uh, went against his entire family in the answer. We have one answer left and one answer only. If it's there, your family steals, your family wins the game. Oh, my That's God. It. If it's not there, the Hudson family will win the game. Joe? I'd like to congratulate the Hudson family. <laughs> And from the bottom of my heart, I could not be more proud of all five of you. You just met, you came in here, and you kicked our asses, okay? <laughs> we're going to go with uh, best friend. Woman in your life who's smarter than you, this is your best friend. Boss. We were going to say but boss. He, mm-mm. Oh, he want to guess it. Uh-huh. Joe, please don't be up hope. there. Oh, Joe. Oh, God. God. Please don't be up there. Four. yourself joe buck have a fantastic weekend everybody have a fantastic labor week now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed follow the action with game 10 where 3d replays add another dimension plus notifications can keep you connected to every pitch every hit every game the MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.